Right, let's go to uh, Revelation chapter 13 this morning, Revelation 13. Our scripture reading this morning will be from verse 11 down through verse 18. Uh, When you've found your place, we'll stand in reverence to the word of the Lord, if you can, with any ease. Uh, If it's difficult for you, please, please don't. Revelation 13, verse 11 through verse 18. And I beheld another beast coming out of the earth, and he had two horns like a lamb, and he spake as a dragon. And he exercises all the power of the first beast before him and causeth the earth and them which dwell therein to worship the first beast, whose deadly wound was healed. And he doeth great wonders so that he maketh fire come down from heaven on the earth in the sight of men and deceiveth them that dwell on the earth by the means of those miracles which he had power to do in the sight of the beast, saying to them that dwell on the earth, that they should make an image to the beast, which had the wound by a sword and did live. And he had power to give life under the image of the beast, that the image of the beast should both speak and cause that as many as would not worship the image of the beast should be killed. And he causeth all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond, to receive a mark in their right hand or in their foreheads. And that no man might buy or sell, save he that had the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name. Here is wisdom. Let him that understandeth count the number of the beast. For it is the number of a man, and his number is six hundred, three score, and six. My Lord, I certainly need thy help this morning. And Father, I ask you to help me. I ask you to also help those that sit and stand before me. I pray that your presence would be amongst us this morning. I ask for help to be able to teach and preach with the anointing presence of the Holy Spirit. I also ask that those that hear, either now or later via recording, that the Holy Ghost of God would have liberty and free course to be able to speak to every soul according to every soul's need. We ask most of all that by everything that's said and done, that you would be honoured and glorified and that our blessed Lord and Saviour Jesus Christ would be magnified. We look to you for a blessing. We acknowledge that we cannot do anything without thee. We just ask your blessing in Jesus' name. Amen. Men, you may be seated. We've been working our way through uh, this incredible book, The Revelation of the Lord Jesus Christ. We've been working our way through this tribulation period. And uh, we found ourselves these last few weeks in this middle portion of the tribulation period, this uh, midpoint, the, the focus is drawn away from what's happening on earth to what's happening in heaven and also what's going to happen on earth but not has has not yet happened but it's going to happen and it's like a it's like a a a prelude a preface a a a a bit of a conclusion of what's going to happen in what is happening in heaven and then what's going to happen after it's happened in heaven what's going to happen on earth and that's what we're seeing here in these midpoints in these, uh, these chapters we've been looking at the, these last few weeks. And we, we see here in Revelation chapter 13, last week we looked from verse 1 down through verse 10 and we looked at the, the first beast that is mentioned here in this chapter. And uh, we acknowledge, we recognise through study of the word that this first beast that, that is mentioned is the Antichrist. It's the son of perdition. It's that wicked. And, uh, and so... We, we saw that and we learnt some things about the Antichrist in these first few verses. And 
Today we come to this second portion of this chapter, verse 11 through verse 18, and uh, we find here a second beast. And this second beast is introduced to us, and we, we're going to learn some things about this second beast, who it is, and, and all the rest. And as we work down through here, what we need to do is we need to acknowledge that there's an awful lot that we're not told. There's some things we are told, and we're told clearly and told plainly. But then there's other things that there's information that's just left alone. And we're not told everything. And uh, what we need to do when we find ourselves, and that doesn't just happen in the book of Revelation. That happens through all sorts of different doctrines and all sorts of different issues in the Bible. God tells us certain amounts and then he leaves out certain amounts. And, you know, when we get to a place where God leaves things out, instead of making stuff up, the best thing to do is just stand back and acknowledge that God's bigger than you and bigger than me. And what it ought to do is it ought to cause us just to worship the Lord and just say, I don't know, but you do, and thank God. That's the best thing to do. So let's start out. Revelation chapter 13 and verse 11 I want you to notice, first of all, this morning, I'd like you to notice this second beast introduced. Notice here, and I beheld another beast. So he saw the first one, but now it's another beast. And this one's coming up out of the earth. The first one, if you remember, come up out of the sea. But this one, I beheld another beast coming up out of the earth. And he had two horns like a lamb, and he spake as a dragon." Another beast. It's the second beast of Revelation chapter chapter 13. The first beast come up out of the sea. This beast comes up out of the earth. Just as the first beast is a person, and that person being the Antichrist, so is the second beast a person, and it is the false prophet. So we see that this second beast is the false prophet. Have a look in Revelation chapter 16 and verse 13, if you would please. Revelation 16 and verse 13. And I saw three unclean spirits like frogs come up out of the mouth of the dragon and out of the mouth of the beast and out of the mouth of the false prophet. Have a look also, if you would please, in Revelation chapter 19 and verse 20. And the beast was taken, that's a reference to the Antichrist, the first beast, and with him the second beast, and this is the false prophet, that wrought miracles before him. And we're going to notice, you say how prove that this second beast is the false prophet? Well, as we study it out, we're going to see that before the first beast, the Antichrist, the second beast, the false prophet, performed miracles And you see that here in verse 20. And the beast was taken and with him the false prophet that wrought miracles before him with which he deceived them that had received the mark of the beast and that worshipped his image. Revelation chapter 9 and verse 19 and verse 20 is the cross reference that identifies the second beast in Revelation 13 as the false prophet. And we'll see that as we study it out. Notice also, if you would please, in Revelation chapter 20 and verse 10. And the devil that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone, where the beast and the false prophet are, and shall be tormented day and night forever and ever. There's the three references in the book of Revelation to the false prophet. Three times he's referred to as the false prophet. Revelation chapter 19 and verse 20 identifies this second beast in Revelation chapter 13 and verse 11 as the false prophet. And you you can look at that in detail, study it out and have a look, but it's very clear to the reading. So this second beast is a person. This second beast is the false prophet 
of the tribulation period. Now, false prophets are nothing new. There's always been false prophets around. There's false prophets in the Old Testament. There's false prophets in the New Testament. And there'll be, false, uh, there'll be a false prophet in the tribulation period. Listen to Matthew chapter 7 and verse 15. It says in Matthew 7 and verse 15, Beware of false prophets which come to you in sheep's clothing. Remember that. Come to you in sheep's clothing. But inwardly they are ravening wolves. Romans 16 and verse 18. For they that are such serve not our Lord Jesus Christ, but their own belly, and by good works and fair speeches deceive the hearts of the simple. 2 Corinthians chapter 11 and verse 13. For such are false apostles, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into the apostles of Christ. And no marvel, for Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. Therefore, it is no great thing if his ministers also be transformed as the ministers of righteousness, whose end shall be according to their works. A false prophet is nothing new. There was false prophets, as I said, in the Old Testament. There was false apostles and false prophets in the early church age. There's false prophets today, and there will be a false prophet in the tribulation period. There's always been mimickers. There's always been the false of the true. We looked at this verse before, but turn back there to Revelation 13 and verse 16, if you would please. As we see this false prophet, this second beast, what we see here is we see the conclusion of the trinity of hell. And it's spoken of in Revelation 16 and verse 13. Revelation 16 and And verse 13. And I saw three unclean spirits like frogs. Three unclean spirits. Come up out of the mouth of the dragon. And out of the mouth of the beast. And out of the mouth of the false prophet. Here's the trinity of hell. There's the dragon. There's the first beast. And the second beast. The Trinity of Hell. The Trinity of Hell is made up of the the dragon, Satan, the first beast, the Antichrist, the second beast, the false prophet. You see, the devil he has nothing original. Again, I say it again. I've said it not time and time again. God, we we have the Holy Trinity, the Holy Godhead, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost. And now we have the devil trying to mimic that with the dragon, Satan, with the Antichrist, and the false prophet. It's the trinity of hell that's exposed. And uh, we see that that trinity, it's an evil trinity. It's in complete opposition to the holy trinity. You've got the holy, the holy Godhead, the holy trinity. And then we have the satanic trinity, the devilish, the devilish trinity that is set up by Satan himself, just trying to mimic God as he has done down through all time. So we have the beast introduced and he's introduced as the false prophet of the tribulation period. Notice what he looks like. Notice it in verse 7. He had two horns like a lamb. Revelation 13 and verse 11. He had two horns like a lamb. He looked like a lamb. A lamb. Matthew chapter 7 and verse 15. Beware of false prophets which come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravening wolves. Oh, yes, he looks meek and mild. Oh, he looks good. You know, he's probably, he might even have on uh, a t shirt and uh, 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 a sweater. And some casual pants and uh, he'll sit on the stage and he'll pretend to be a man of God and he looks real approachable and he looks real meek and real sweet. But I tell you what he is, he's a false prophet. They're everywhere today. 
They've got their podcasts. They've got their YouTube channels. Uh, they got their they got their churches, and they sit up there and they pretend to be meek and mild and one of the people, and they dress in such a manner that puts everybody at ease. And what they try and do is they try and sneak in under the radar. I tell you what, the the church, and I use it, I'll use that term loosely. The church of our day with the smoke and the mirrors and the flashing lights and every... Oh, it looks good. The false prophet looks good. He looks like a lamb. The wolves in sheep's clothing that you're warned about in Matthew chapter 7, they look like they're wearing sheep's clothing. Oh, they're meek. And they're sweet. And they're approachable. It just about makes me want to throw up is what it does. You know what happens when they open their mouth and when you dig a little deeper than the outward surface? Notice it. Oh, he looks like a lamb, but he sounds like a dragon. Oh, so many are sucked in by the outward appearance. The outward appearance that puts you at ease. The outward appearance that puts the flesh at ease and is appealing to the flesh. But if you, if you happen to actually listen to not only what is being said, but what is not being said. A false prophet is not only identified by what they say, But you have to have enough spiritual discernment to listen to what they're not saying. And a lot of false prophets, they'll preach a lot of truth, but they leave out a lot of truth. And you you don't only have to listen to what's been said, but you better pay attention to listen to what's not been said. Oh, this false prophet, he's going to come on the scene and he's going to look good. Oh, but when he opens his mouth, it's going to be like a dragon. It's going to be full of deception. It's the end result is going to be a whole lot of murder and a whole lot of blasphemy and a whole lot of judgment and a whole lot of hell. Matthew 12 and verse 36 says, O generation of vipers, how can ye being evil speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. Oh, he looks good. But when he opens his mouth, his heart is revealed. Yes, because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. So you can dress it up and look pretty good. But if you just pay attention to someone's mouth, listen to what they say and what they don't say, it soon reveals the heart. Reveals the heart. So the beast is introduced in verse 11, but I want you to notice uh, the false prophet. I want you to notice his power in verse 12. He exerciseth all the power of the first beast before him and causeth the earth and them which dwell therein to worship the first beast whose deadly wound was healed. He exerciseth all the power of the first beast before him. Again, just as the the Antichrist had no power of his own, this false prophet will have no power of his own. His power is given to him by Satan. This individual, this false prophet, just as the Antichrist, the Antichrist being the political leader of the day, the global political leader of the day, he will be empowered by Satan. All his power comes from the devil. The false prophet being the religious leader of the day, the global religious leader, he will be empowered by Satan himself just as the world political leader is. He has no power of his own. It comes from Satan. You can notice that back in verse 2. Notice thirdly the beast's influence. We see it in verse 12. And he, he and causeth the earth and them which dwell therein to worship the first beast whose deadly wound was healed. So here's the false prophet. He comes on the scene. And what he, what he is about, he, he's the religious leader of the world of that day. 
And what he's going to do, he's going to cause the population of the world not to worship him, but to worship the Antichrist. He causes everybody to worship the first beast. He causes everybody to worship the political world leader of the day. Or he's going to have an influence. And why use the word influence? Because he causes. He doesn't force. There's no gun to anybody's head. He just causes the world to worship the first beast. He will, he, the false prophet will so sell the benefits of worshipping the Antichrist that the world will be caused to worship, not forced, but coerced, caused to worship. It's a cause and effect. You create the right environment, it will cause the desired effect. That's what he'll do. He will not force the world. He will cause the world to worship the first beast. Matthew, uh, not Matthew, Malachi. Listen to this verse in Malachi chapter 2 and verse 8. And it illustrates this word cause. Malachi chapter 2 and verse 8. But ye are departed out of the way. Ye have caused many to stumble at the law. You have corrupted the covenant of Levi, saith the Lord of hosts. Here the Lord is rebuking the people because they've departed out of the way. And because they've departed out of the way, it's caused others to stumble. They weren't forced to stumble. They were caused to stumble because somebody else stepped out of the road. Here's the, here's the illustration. You make certain choices, you make certain decisions, you step into sin and step in iniquity. What it's going to do, it doesn't force people to stumble, it causes people to stumble. It's a cause and effect. And the Antichrist, I'm telling you, is not going to force the world to worship the beast. He's going to cause the world to worship the first beast. It's a cause and effect. Cause and effect. The beast's miracles, notice in verse 13. I'm having trouble preaching this morning. We had trouble in the song service. We had trouble worshipping God this morning. And we're having trouble preaching the word of God this morning. And uh, you know we're preaching about the devil... And we're preaching about satanic things. And you know, uh, I'm not saying it's all that. And we don't need to blame Satan for every bit of it. But you know, uh, Satan stir up bad attitudes. And Satan will stir up all sorts of stuff in people. And in people's minds and in people's hearts. And uh, you know, we have a personal responsibility in amongst all that. Sure do. Sure do. Well, there you go. That was free. Do with it what you want. The best, the, notice the beast's miracles. Uh, fourthly, this morning, the beast's miracles. Verse 13. And he, doeth, and he doeth wonders, so that he maketh fire come down from heaven on the earth in the sight of men, and deceiveth them that dwell on the earth by the means of those miracles which he had power to do in the sight of the beast. So you notice his wonders, notice his miracles. This false prophet will be able to perform miracles. He will be able to perform wonders. Oh, he's going to look approachable. He's going to look meek and he's going to look sweet. Uh, but his mouth is like a dragon. And then what's going to happen is, not only is he, is he meek and mild looking and look approachable, but you know what he's going to be able to do? He's going to be able to perform miracles and wonders in the sight of the Antichrist. 
Uh, let me make this statement. The devil, with his limited power, has counterfeited many of God's wonders and miracles. Can I point you back to Egypt? When God's delivering the nation of Israel out of the land of Egypt and he's seeking to perform miracles to confirm his man and confirm his word, confirm Moses as God's deliverer, God's man, and God enabled Moses to perform miracles. And then that Satan, the devil, he had his crowd show up and perform many of the same miracles. Moses' miracles were performed by the power of the holy God of heaven. The Egypt's miracles and the devil's crowd performed this very similar miracles by the power of hell and satanic power. And what I'm saying to you is this, not everything that looks like God, not everything that sounds like God, not everything that smells like God is God. There's a whole lot that's named as God, but I'm telling you this morning that it's satanic it's from the depths of hell and just because they carry a Bible and just because so, they call themselves Christian and just because they call themselves a church and just because they perform a miracle or two doesn't mean God is anywhere near it. There's a lot in our day that comes under the banner of church and comes under the banner of God and it's nothing but empowered by Satan himself. And that runs from the Catholic Church that's been around for thousands of years to this modern, new evangelical, charismatic, Pentecostal stuff of our day. Satanic on both sides. Our God throughout Scripture frequently caused fire to come down from heaven. God's two tribulation witnesses will cause fire to come down from heaven. Oh, and here comes Satan trotting along with his little antichrist and his little false prophet and he causes fire to come down from heaven. Why do you think he's doing that? He's trying to mimic God. Both come down, both was fire come down from heaven. God brought fire down from heaven. God's two witnesses brought fire from down from heaven, burn up their enemies and now Satan with his little false prophet comes along and brings fire down. If you don't have any discernment, you step into a church service and you see fire come down from heaven? So what? You better have more discernment than just the outward appearance. You better be able to look a little deeper. Oh, no wonder this false prophet's going to be able to take this world away with him. Ah, let me say, not all miracles and wonders are holy miracles and wonders. I don't, I don't doubt that some of these healing services, people get healed. Of course they do. I mean, God did it. Awful quiet. I got a verse for it. Have a look in Second Thessalonians. Turn with me to Second Thessalonians. The spirit of iniquity doth already now work. The same spirit that's going to be prevalent in the tribulation period is already operating in this world. Second Thessalonians chapter 2. Notice verse 9. In context, it's talking about everything we're speaking about. It's talking about uh, the spirit of iniquity and all those things. Second Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse 9, Even him whose coming is after the working of Satan with all power and signs and lying wonders. Are there wonders? They're just lying wonders. They're deceitful wonders. They're not holy wonders. Oh, it's a lie. It's a lie from the pit of hell being demonstrated by a false prophet, even in 2022. Notice the beast's deception. 
the beast's deception in verse 14. And deceiveth them that dwell on the earth by the means of those miracles which he had power to do in the sight of the beast, saying to them that dwell on the earth that they should make an image to the beast which had the wound by a sword and did live. And deceiveth them that dwell on the earth by the means of those miracles. Oh, see the beast, see the false prophet's deception. To deceive is to seduce in order to mislead. It's to seduce in in order to lead astray. It's to seduce in order to lead into error. Again, back in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse 10 this time, it says, And with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish because they receive not the love of the truth that they might be saved. With all deceivableness of unrighteousness. He comes with lying wonders. Lying wonders in verse 9. And in verse 10 it goes on and says, And with all deceivableness of unrighteousness. Why is the false prophet performing these miracles? For the sole purpose, no other reason but to deceive the multitudes. Why does God have a false church and false prophets in our day that perform lying wonders and miracles? I'll tell you why. To deceive them. People, people are so Bible illiterate. I mean, they can quote John 3.16 and they can quote judge not that you be not judged and they can quote all the favourite verses. But I tell you what, you talk about being biblically illiterate because they haven't bothered to... They don't even read it carefully, let alone study it. No wonder they can be deceived. And if you don't stay in this book and keep your nose in the truth of the Word of God, you too will be led into error by the deception that is out there. There's always been religious deception. There is still religious deception. Not everything that says it's a church is a church. Not every man that says he's a preacher is a preacher. Not everyone that says he's a minister is a minister. Half of them aren't even saved. Uh, The only purpose of these miracles is to seduce the world into the following of the preaching of the false prophet. Notice what he says. It's all part of his deception. The whole point of the miracles and the wonders is to deceive and seduce the world into following what he preaches. Here's what he's preaching halfway through verse 14, saying to them that dwell on the earth, that they should make an image to the beast, which had the wound by a sword and did live. The whole point of the miracles is to deceive and seduce the world into obeying his message. And his message is make an image. Make an image of the Antichrist. If it wasn't for the miracles... If it wasn't for the wonders, they wouldn't have done what he said to do. I tell you what, these TV evangelists and these false prophets of our day, people wouldn't give if they couldn't perform some of the wonders that are seemingly performed. What if? I mean, come on now. Have a look at some of these big-time preachers on television and have a look at their net worth. Follow the money. They're worth millions. Multiplied millions. And you know how they got that? By seducing people to listen to their message and their message is give. Give and you'll be blessed. Give and you'll be blessed. Give and you'll be blessed. 
if, the, if there was no wonders performed, if there's no miracles performed, they wouldn't, they wouldn't be able to seduce. Follow the money. I've only been preaching about 20 years. I don't even own a home. Had the privilege of buying it, my wife a new car a couple of years ago. Thank the Lord, that's a blessing. It wasn't a flat, it was the cheapest new car I could find. And seventeen thousand dollars for it. I'm not put Brother Marsh, how long have you been preaching for? Fifty-five years, Brother Marsh has been preaching 55 years. His net worth is somewhere around 100 million. <laughs> I doubt it. I doubt it. You, you listening to these people that are seducing people and, and sucking money out of them? You better be careful. The whole point of the false prophets' miracles is to seduce the world into listening to what he has to say. And then they follow suit. They make an image. The whole point of the image is, the, the whole point of the image being made is that the, the world would bow down and worship that image. We're talking worldwide idolatry. It's, it's the setting up and it's the fulfilment of the abomination of desolation. It's the fulfilment of Daniel 9, chapter 27. It's the fulfilment of Daniel, 9, uh, Daniel chapter 12, verse 11. It's the fulfilment of Matthew 24 and verse 15. It's the fulfilment of Mark, Mark chapter 13 and verse 14. Let me read you that one. And when you shall see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet, standing where it ought not, let him that readeth understand, then let them that are in Judea flee to the mountains. It's the fulfilment of 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse 3. Let no man deceive you by any means that the day shall not come except there come a falling away first and that the man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition, who opposeth and what? Exalteth himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped so that he as God sitteth in the temple of God showing himself that he is God. Oh, we see, we see his deception. But notice, if you would please, in verse 15, the image of the beast. And he had power so that the world, they got together. It's kind of like the Tower of Babel, isn't it? Everyone just comes together and build a tower. Everyone just comes together and they build an image of this individual, the Antichrist. They build an image. They make an image. They build a statue, whatever it is. They make an image of this, of this beast, of the Antichrist. And notice the power again, but notice the, the, the power that this false prophet has. And he had power to give life under the image of the beast, that the image of the beast should both speak and cause that as many as would not worship the image of the beast should be killed. The false prophet, you talk about power, he's got power. He, he caused the people to worship the Antichrist. He caused the world population to make an image. And now he causes that image to speak. You say, how's that done? I don't know. And neither do you. Well, it's this technology. Is that te- Why does it have to take technology? It didn't take any technology in Egypt. It doesn't have to take technology. The power of Satan and the power of God far outweighs technology. No doubt technology makes things easy and they may use some sort of tech. Who knows? But you're not told and I'm not told. But we are told that that false prophet has so much power, satanic power, that he causes that man-made image to speak. And then he also causes all those that do not bow down and worship to be killed. 
You don't bow down and worship that image, you'll die. How are you going to die? You'll have your head cut off. Revelation chapter 20. Go there, Revelation 20. You'll have your head cut off. You say, that's barbaric. Yeah, that's where we started and that's where we're going back to. That's the direction this world... We're not getting better, we're getting worse. We're becoming more and more barbaric. Christianity lifted us out of whatever that word is, barbaricness. And we, 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 we had some good days on earth as the world mostly embraced Christianity. And Christianity pulled the world out of all this barbaric nonsense. But as the world turns its back on God and we're starting to head back to this barbaric world. That's what's happening. Nothing new under the sun. We're just going full circle. Revelation chapter 20 and verse 4, And I saw thrones, and they that sat upon them, and judgment was given unto them. And I saw the souls of them that were beheaded. There it is, they they, get their head cut off. For the witness of Jesus and for the word of God, notice it, and which had not worshipped the beast, neither his image, neither had received his mark upon their foreheads or in their hands, and they lived and reigned with Christ a thousand years. How how are they going to die? They're going to die by having their head cut off. So we see the image of the beast is brought to life. We see that this, this false prophet has the power to bring him to life. We, have, we see that this, this image that's brought to life, he has power to cause that as many should not worship the image of the beast should be killed. So the image itself, it speaks, read, read the Bible, verse 15, it also, not only does it have power to speak, but that, but that image also causes those that do not worship it to be killed. I think that's the language of those verses. Notice, notice the mark of the beast, verse 16 and verse 17. And notice this again, and he causeth. He doesn't force. And he causeth all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond, to receive a mark in their right hand or in their foreheads. And that no man might buy or sell, save he that had the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name. Notice the mark of the beast. Again, he causeth the Antichrist, the false prophet, the image of the beast, and Satan himself, all working together, cause the world population to receive a mark. Again, it's a cause and effect. Both young and old, rich and poor, will be caused to do something they would not ordinarily do. They haven't been forced to. They've been caused to. Now, if none of this is sounding familiar, I don't know what to say to you. We're talking about cause and effect. I've already mentioned that the spirit of iniquity doth already now work. They're caused to receive a mark in their right hand or in their foreheads. They will willingly receive a mark in their right hand or in their foreheads. I want to say to you that the mark will be sold as beneficial. It will be sold as worthwhile. Remember the condition that the world is in. People are starving. The water's polluted. I mean, the world's a mess. Here comes the Antichrist, the false prophet, here the image, and then they come up with this demonic plan. If you take a mark, you can buy, you can sell, you can get medicine, you can travel, you can 
involved in entertainment, you can live a normal life. We'll give you everything you need if you just take the mark. It will be sold as beneficial to you to take the mark. And the world population will be caused to take the mark. There'll be such an environment made that people will willingly receive the mark because it's sold as beneficial. They either take the mark or they don't trade in any way or on anything. No food, no medicine, no entertainment, no travel, no work, no anything. The mark. What's the mark of the beast? We're not told what the mark of the beast is. There's been speculation. Remember when barcodes came out? There's 18 lines. That's 666. It's got to be a barcode. It wasn't a barcode. It's a COVID-19 vaccine. Seriously. You see the spirit of iniquity working. You see the cause and effect. And most of you don't know this, but I've been vaccinated. I was vaccinated a few weeks ago. I got vaccinated for one reason. I waited for the vaccine I wanted, the least of all of them, if I had to have one. I got vaccinated for a simple reason, to be the husband and the pastor I need to be, to be able to visit people in hospital and go about doing what I need to do. So I got vaccinated. I did not want to. And I'm not an anti-vaxxer. I take tetanus shots. I was vaccinated as a kid. All those things. But what I want to say to you is, I wouldn't, unless the environment had been made and created, I wouldn't have willingly gone and sought a vaccine. I was caused to be vaccinated. Now, here's what some of you might say. Well, you're a compromiser. That means you'll take the mark of the beast. You're a pumpkin. I'm not going to be here. (laughs) I'm not going to be here. The COVID-19 vaccine is not the mark of the beast. But you can certainly, surely, if if you have any sight, any discernment, you can see the spirit of iniquity working and it's a cause and effect. Now, some of you probably questioned my salvation after I told you all that, but anyway... The barcode, it's not the mark of the beast. COVID-19 vaccine is not the mark of the beast. How do I know I'm still here? I'm going. The church is going. We're not going to be here. Stop worrying about who the Antichrist is. You're not going to be here if you're saved. Stop worrying about what the mark of the beast is. You're not going to be here if you're saved. We're going. I don't care what it is. I'm not going to be here. I don't have to try and figure out what it is so I can escape it. I'm not going to be here. I'm going. What's the name? Well, some speculated it's Judas Iscariot. Some thought it was Napoleon in his day. Some thought it was Adolf Hitler. There's been all sorts of one of the popes. Lately, it's Bill Gates. We don't know his name. We're not told his name. Leave it alone. You don't know his name. You're not going to figure his name out. What's his number? Well, we're told his number. 666. Says it there in the next verse. The mark is not the name, the mark is not the number, the name is not the number, the name is not the mark.
Read the verse again. Notice what it says in verse 16. And he caused forth both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond, to receive a mark in their right hand or in their foreheads. Notice verse 17. And that no man might buy or sell, save that he had the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name. All three are different. As far as my understanding is, all three are different. But you have to have one of those three. You have to have the mark, the name, or the number in order to trade. The number six is the number of man. It falls fatally below number seven, which is the emblem of completeness, perfection, and totality. Six is nearest to seven, but always falls one short of completeness. Or the trinity of hell, the best they can do without God is six, six, six. The best that you can do as an individual without God is six. But you fall fatally short of seven, which is completeness, holiness, and righteousness. And the only way that you'll ever hit seven is if you know Jesus as your Lord and Saviour. Verse, we'll finish here. Last verse, verse 18. Here is wisdom. Let him that hath understanding count the number of the beast. Let me just point out to you that it says, here in his wisdom, let him that hath understanding count the number of the beast. It doesn't say name the beast. It doesn't say identify the mark. It's speculation. So stop speculating. But here is wisdom. Let him that hath understanding count the number of the beast. And then it gives you it. For it is the number of a man and his number is 600, three score and six. So all we need to know and all we need to understand is his number. And we're told what it is and therein is wisdom. Understand it. I said at the beginning, we're not told everything. Stop being so obsessed with the Antichrist, get obsessed with the Christ and just stand back and worship God. Acknowledge you, don't, you, you cannot understand it all. You don't need to understand it all. If you needed to know, God would have told you. You do not have any special, special revelation. And let me say to you this, that the word of God is the only place of true revelation, of things to come, and that contains the wisdom that we all need. The Bible says in Proverbs 9 and verse 10, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and the knowledge of the holy is understanding. If you don't fear God, you haven't begun to be wise. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom.